Welcome to Christian Life Online. I am so excited that you are here with us today. I just want to encourage you to be a part of our Christian Life family. And one of the ways that you can do that is if you visit our website at clsecretly.org and go ahead and connect with us. That way we can get to know you, we can talk with you, it'll be awesome. And also, I don't know if you know this, but every time that you are watching or tuning in, we're tuning in with you. So comment down below, let's have some fun conversations. But let's go ahead and jump right in. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for Christian Life Online. We're now in our fourth week of our Real Talk series. You know, it's been incredible. I hope you've gotten something out of this. If you've missed any of the previous three weeks, I'd encourage you to go back, check out YouTube, Facebook, our podcast, and make sure that you get caught up. But we're looking at real questions that every one of us wrestle. Right? We've made this statement every week, and I'll continue to make it. Our answer to these questions will shape, no doubt about it, no denying it, it will shape. The way that we live our life, the decisions we make, it will change everything. Your answer to the question of faith will shape your life. It will shape your beliefs. Your answer to the question of, you know, of do I have value? It will shape your life. It'll, sh it'll shape everything. It will change all of it. Why? Because you can't claim faith. And at the same time, believe that you're worthless. Right? You, you can't. Okay, you can disagree with me. That's fine. You're wrong. You can't claim faith and believe that you have no value at the same time. You, I love Jesus so much. Right? You can't, you can't claim faith and look at Scripture where the God of the universe, the creator of everything you and I have ever seen in our life, Plain as day says, you are my masterpiece. You are priceless. You have value. You cannot grab hold of faith and still believe that you don't have value. It just can't happen. Your answer to the question of, does God even hear me? It will shape the way that you live your life. Because if you believe that the God of the universe hears you when you try to communicate with him, I think you'll be amazed by how often you find yourself talking to him. If you have an issue with, with not praying, right, not talking to God, I venture to guess it's because you really don't believe there's someone else on the other side of the line. These questions... And more importantly, our answer to these questions will change everything about our life. And today, right now, I want to bring our fourth question to you. And here it is. What good can I really accomplish? I'll word it a different way. I'm just one person. What, it, what can I possibly do? Right? How many of us, we've asked ourselves these questions? All of us have. Why? Because it's a question Every one of us wrestle, and that's why we're talking about it. You know, as we've been talking about through this series, I want to bring to attention a person from the Bible. It's a story that some of you may be familiar with, some of you maybe not. That's totally cool. But here's the thing. This guy is so awesome. He's got a whole book named after him, four chapters. I'd encourage you, if you have not read this story or it's been a while, grab your Bible, grab your phone, and read the book of Jonah this week. 
I'm going to summarize it for you right now, but I guarantee you there is so much more in there for you to grab onto, and I want you uh, to, to read that for yourself. But we're going to summarize it today. As we've done with all of these stories, I encourage you, as I'm sharing the story with you, I want you to put yourself in his shoes. I want you to think about what you would be thinking, what you would be doing if you were Jonah. And God was asking you to do what God asked Jonah to do. So let's, let's go ahead and jump into the story. Obviously, we're starting in Jonah chapter 1, and we know this story all begins with God speaking to Jonah one day and saying, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to speak to the people in Nineveh. Now, what you may or may not know about Nineveh is um, Jonah and just about everybody else back then would have known and been very familiar with Nineveh. It was not a place that unless you were a Ninevite, someone from Nineveh, that you wanted to go because they were known for being ruthless. They did all kinds of crazy things. I mean, there was some crazy stuff going on in Nineveh. This was actually one of Jonah's like sworn enemies, right? Their ancestors had fought. It had been crazy. He grew up not liking Nineveh. That's Jonah. And now God is asking him to go and speak to them. And this is what... Well, you want to know how Jonah felt? You know what? You want to know what it would feel like to be Jonah? Let's see exactly how he responded. We'll read this in Jonah chapter 1, verse 3. It says this. It says, But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Now I'm going to pause because here's the deal. When we read this, we're like, well, that doesn't make sense. You know, I mean, God is all-powerful. He's in all places. How in the world was he spoken? How is Jonah thinking that he can escape from God? That's just, that's just silly. He should know better than that. How many times have we done the same thing? We'll talk about that in a minute, but, but Jonah, he's been asked to do something he really doesn't want to do, something he's afraid to do. So the first thought in his mind is, hey, maybe I could just get out of here. And maybe God will forget that he asked me to do this. I'm just going to run. Jonah tries to, to run. We'll continue reading. It says, He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to again. Again, it says it again. It makes his intentions very clear. He jumped on this boat, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Now, I'm going to stop you, because I know... If you're anything like me, and I can't make that assumption, but I'm assuming the first thing that comes to mind again as we're talking about trying to run from God as we begin to judge Jonah. Jonah, you're a dummy. How, how, how do you think it's even possible to run from God? He made everything. Okay, Jonah's breaking point. What caused Jonah to run from God was God asking him to travel 500 miles to a people that scared the tar out of him to go talk to them and tell them a message that in his eyes, they're not going to want to hear. These people that are known for having anger problems and now you want me to go and tell them something that's going to make them angry? Hello, God, don't you love me? Don't you know what's... That's Jonah's breaking point. What caused him to book it and go the other way? What's your breaking point? It's easy to read the stories in the Bible and say, hey, that person's dumb because they did this and that. Look at your own life. How many situations, how many times has God said, hey, 
I want you to go encourage this person. I want you to give this person a phone call. See how they're doing. Check in on them. These are small things. You don't have to travel 500 miles to do that. And what do we do? Oh, God, it's been a long time since I've talked to that person. I really don't think I'm ready to talk to my friend. I really don't think I'm ready to talk to my neighbor about you yet. Let's just, we'll just pray on it for a little bit. We'll table this and we'll get back to it, right? What is that? That's running from God. You may not have tr literally traveled in the opposite direction, but by us saying, hey, I think I know better, it is the same exact thing. So before we jump and judge Jonah, let's look at ourselves. Again, we're supposed to be putting ourselves in his shoes. You're being asked to go to people that scare you, a different culture where you don't fit in, and bring a difficult message. It's human nature to be scared. So let's cut Jonah some slack here. So Jonah, he goes, we know he bought a ticket, jumped on board this boat, and then they take off, right? They set sail, and they're going, they're on their way to Tarshish. Jonah, we're told, is sleeping in the bottom of the boat when a storm happens. Jonah's asleep. The crew is freaking out, right? They're scared because this crazy storm is getting worse. They begin chucking cargo. They're throwing their valuables overboard while Jonah's asleep. And then eventually Jonah gets woken up and they begin talking back and forth. And this is what happens. We're going to read Jonah chapter 1, verse 8 uh, and 9. And then we'll skip forward to, uh, to verse 12. And it says this. It says, why has this awful storm come down on us? This is the crew talking to Jonah. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded, who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? And Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew. And I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. So I've got a math problem for you before we we read verse 12. Here it is. I know some of you hate math. I think we'll all be able to do this. Kind of already giving you the spoiler anyways. Jonah plus a boat plus the wrong direction equals what? Jonah plus a boat plus the wrong direction equals a storm. That's exactly what Jonah finds himself in. Again, imagine this us. We're in a boat running from God. Everything goes wrong around us. And now we have to confess to the crew, this is my fault. Let's read verse 12. It says, throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Now you may be asking, what in the world does this story about Jonah have to do with the question that we're talking about? What can I really accomplish, right? That's our question for today. How does this all make sense? You're about to find out. Jonah 1, 15 to 16 tells us that the crew, they finally give in, right? At first when Jonah said, throw me overboard and everything will be okay for you. They, they like, no, we're not going to, no, we're leaving no man behind. And they start rowing, right? They're doing everything they can to fight to get out of the storm, to get to safety. And they realize it's not happening. We can't escape this. They finally give in. They throw Jonah overboard. And this is what happens. Here's the answer to how can my life, make, what good can my life really do? 
What can I accomplish? One person, what can I accomplish? Jonah gets thrown overboard, and it says in verse 15 to 16, that immediately after he's thrown overboard, the storm calms. Immediately after he gets thrown overboard, the storm calms. Now there's an interesting contrast here between Jonah and Jesus. So we're obviously, we're talking about the story of Jonah, but as you read in the Gospels, there's another story of Jesus. And he's asleep in a boat in the middle of a storm, right? Completely unaware of what's going on around him. And the disciples come and they wake Jesus up. And they, Don't you care that we're going to drown? We're all going to die, right? And what does Jesus do? He gets up and he does what to the storm? He speaks to the storm. Here's, this is interesting. Jesus knows who he is. He's following the will of his father. Speaks to the storm. While Jonah, running from God, walking in disobedience, has to jump into the storm. Again, I'm not changing theology here, but I'm posing this thought to you. I think something opens up to us when we walk in obedience. When we walk in obedience, I believe that we have the power, the authority to speak to the storm, to speak to our issues, to speak to the struggles that we're walking through. Versus when we're running, right? When we're dealing with disobedience, man, we find ourselves in the middle of all kinds of craziness all the time. But going back to the story of Jonah, and going back to the answer to our question, what can my life really accomplish? Even in Jonah's disobedience, God uses it for his purposes. It says that after Jonah was thrown overboard, the sea calms, just like Jonah said. And what happens to the crew? It says that they made a sacrifice right then and there, and they committed to serve God. They repented, they turned from their sins, they began to follow the one true God right then and there, even through uh, Jonah's mistake, right? Even through Jonah's mess up, he's running from God, and even that turns their future around, turns their eternity on, on its ear. I mean, it's incredible. God even uses us in our disobedience, in our mistakes, and our shortcomings for his good. For others, good. It's just, that's, that's only God. So, what good can I really accomplish? You know, fast forward some more, you know, past the incredible part that everybody that knows the story of Jonah knows him for, right? Being in the belly of the fish or the whale and you know, the Bible doesn't exactly say what it is, but we do know one thing, it wasn't a shark, because have you seen Shark Week? You've seen what, what they do to their food. It wasn't a shark, it's a fish, a whale, some kind of crazy thing, and Jonah's in the middle of it. For days on end, right, and as he's in the belly of this sea creature, um, he begins to pray. He begins to pray and he commits to God, he says, you know what, I will do what you want me to do if you spare my life. Little did Jonah know where that sea creature was taking him to. God hears his prayer. He grants his request and has the sea creature spit him out on the shore 
and we're led to believe that it was right outside of Nineveh. Coincidence, you know, like, hmm, I wonder where God wants me to, are you sure it wasn't right outside the gates? I mean, it's just crazy. So Jonah now finds himself walking into this place that he was afraid to go to, right? Arch enemies, he's walking into this place and he begins to boldly share the message that God had given him to share, and what happens? Again, here's the answer to our question, what good can my life really accomplish? Jonah shares the message God gives him, and it says the entire city repents and turns their life around. Now this is a city that, again, is known for the bad things. A city that's estimated to be over 120,000 people. The Bible actually says that the city was so large, really we'll, we'll change it, the region was so large of Nineveh, it was so big it would take three days to see it all. And because one man spoke what God had led him to speak, they all changed their ways. It's incredible. You know, let's jump ahead just a little bit. We'll, we'll get out of, of Bible times, and I'm going to make a statement History has been shaped by singular people that have been willing to make a difference. Again, let's go to a little bit closer to modern day. Many of us, we're, we're sitting here, right? You're, you're tuning in with us. You're watching the service, and you've got a Bible in your house somewhere, maybe. Or, or maybe you've, you've read the Bible on your phone. Did you know that you have access to that? You have a Bible that you can read in our own language because a man by the name of Martin Luther was willing to begin the work of translating it. One man that because of a movement that he started allowed every one of us, right? The Bible is the most sold book. It's the I, No other book has been in more hands than the Bible. All because one man was willing to begin the work of translating it. I mean, it's incredible. History has been made by singular people willing to make a difference. We could go through the civil rights movement. Every major movement across history has been started by one person willing to make a difference. So what good can I really accomplish? What good can you really accomplish? You know, I can't guarantee that 120,000 people will repent and, and their lives will be changed forever because of your obedience. The truth of it is, I don't know what's on the other side of your obedience. I don't know what purpose, what task has been put before you. Right? That was Jonah's story. Jonah was obedient, finally. <laughs> he had multiple chances. Thank God we have multiple chances. But he was finally obedient. And 120,000 people plus that boat crew, their lives were forever changed because of it. What is on the other side of your obedience? You know, I can't answer that for you. But what I do know is this. If we walk around believing that we will never accomplish anything of value, that we will never accomplish anything that, that is worthwhile, anything 
that matters, I can guarantee you that you'll be right. If you walk around believing that nothing you ever do will make a difference, you're right. Something happens when we walk around and we're open to the fact we're willing, we're available to be used by God. Something happens. Something happens. I don't know, again, what's on the other side of your obedience. But I would love to find out. But that's up to you. Every one of us is responsible for the opportunities that we're given. They're laid out before us. Right? Whatever it is that, that fires you up, whatever it is that you're passionate about, whatever it is that breaks your heart, right? God uses many ways to, to bring things before us, to point things out to us. But whatever those things are, are you willing to stand up and be used by God to make a difference? Or are you going to run the other way? It's very easy to run the other way. Now, what does that look like? It may just look like inaction. You know what else running the other way may look like? Running your mouth. Just imagine if you were the solution that God created to tackle some of these incredibly difficult situations. If you never did anything about it, but talk. Oh man, I sure wish that somebody would do something about that. You noticed it for a reason. Step up. Step out in faith. Walk believing that God can use you to do an incredible work. And I don't know what the end results will be. But I can promise one thing. It'll be worthwhile. It's going to be hard. You'll have to go through a storm. But it'll be worthwhile. Our lives can make a difference. I'd love to pray for you. God, I pray for my friends right now. God, I pray that you would speak to them. I pray that you would make it extremely clear what it is. God, what task, what opportunities you're opening up for them. God, what task, what opportunities, God, you're pointing them towards, you're leading them towards. God, show them what hills to charge. God, and I pray that your hand would be over them. You'd protect them. God, you'd help them to grow. God, I pray that you would mature us to a point that we're ready and able to attack that hill. God, to, to love on those people. God, to have that difficult conversation with your help. God, we don't, we don't want to try and make a difference on our own. God, we, we need your help. God, so I pray that you would prepare us for the work that you have before us. God, I pray that you would make us the people we need to be to accomplish what you've put before us. God, I thank you, praise you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Man, that was such an encouraging and powerful message that we got to listen to. I hope that that inspired you to grow in your walk with the Lord. I know for me, man, I, there are some times in my life where I, I do ask that question, am I valuable? God, is there something for me, something that I can do? Well, right now there is an incredible opportunity for all of us to participate together and be a part together in God's kingdom. And that is giving. 
God challenges us. He, you know, he asks us to give a portion of what we give. And that way we can say, God, we trust in you with what you've given us. So there is an opportunity right now for you. If you want, you can text the amount that you want to give to 84321, or you can visit our webpage at clsecretly.org and just hit that give tab. It's so simple. I'm going to go ahead and pray as we give together. God, I thank you that you give us this opportunity, Lord. I thank you that you are everywhere, God, and that you do see us as valuable. God, I thank you for all that you have blessed us with individually throughout this time, God. And I pray that as we take this time together to give together, God, that you would do incredible things with these finances, Lord. That you would just go and continue to change this world for the better through our finances, Lord. We trust in you today and we give this to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, real quick, make sure you check out those links down below. There's children's ministry happening. There's worship that you can listen to. I mean, it's incredible. I cannot wait to see you guys next week.